Hi, I'm Janelle. And I'm Monique. And welcome to Is Marriage Worth It? We are just two single chicks, girls, women. Anything but females. Trying to figure out what marriage is like and is it worth it? I'm assuming the best place to get the answers is from married people. Maybe engaged people, newlyweds, and even other singles. Each episode, we will have a guest answering different questions we have or that you may have about marriage. Join us as we try to figure out, is marriage worth it? And if it is, I wonder if my future husband or yours is listening right now. Hi, I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And welcome back to another episode of Is Marriage Worth It? Today we have a special guest. I've known him for a very long time. He is a good friend of the family. Steven. Hello. Thank you, ladies, for having me today. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for joining no us. No problem at all. Us. No problem. So we're going to just jump in and ask you to tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Ooh, how far back am I going now? I've, I've been around for a while. <laughs> go back to since I've known you or my, my former life. Um, we could do a little bit of your former life into you knowing me into the presence. All right. Uh, so I was born a long time ago in the 1970s. Um, I grew up in the suburbs, I, suburbs of Chicago, uh, basically the south suburbs originally. Then as I got into high school, I moved to the western suburbs, um, always in neighborhoods uh, that was predominantly white. Um, South suburbs, I was in a predominantly white neighborhood surrounded by neighborhoods that were completely opposite. I don't know if you're familiar with Markman Harvey. Uh, that's the South South suburbs, like 147th. I grew up out that way. Mm-hmm. And then um, by high school, I moved to the Western suburbs, uh, went to an all boys private high school, which was very enjoyable. Would never take anything back from that. It's kind of interesting, but the girls' <laughs> school was right across the football field. So it was still. It wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> I, I did course for two years just so I can make sure I saw the girls on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so again, about 500 kids, um, predominantly all white as well. Um, my kids were from all over the area, um, not all from the neighborhood that the town was in, but from all over Chicago, the school well-known for basketball. And, mm-hmm. and that was the, the big draw. Um, but for me, it was a bigger draw because I wanted to go to a private high school. That was always my dream, going to private uh, middle school. Uh, going to private school was something I felt more comfortable with. Um, being that I moved a lot, so I was not one who had many neighborhood friends. Never there long enough to establish neighborhood friends. So a private environment was something that was better for me because everyone came from everywhere. No matter mm-hmm. where they were from, they, they were there for, you know what I'm saying, for the four years. Um, after that, it's kind of when it got dark because I went on my national college tour where I went to a different school every year because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with myself. Um, originally, I went to college in Bourbon A for football, but I spent more time at Illinois State doing non-football things that required me to not be able to return to Bourbon A. (laughs) (laughs) After my freshman year. So then I headed down to Troy State, which is in Troy, Alabama. Being a northerner all my life and going to the south, um, different. Um, 
one of the jobs I had down there while I was attending classes uh, was I worked at the slaughterhouse, okay. which hmm, we're talking in the late 90s was a common thing. Uh, I was working Saturday mornings from six o'clock in the morning to six at night. Packaging me. Very disturbing job, but in those parts, that's kind of just what it was. It was through a temp agency. Mm-hmm. And then I worked at UPS for a little bit. I had a, not a bad experience at UPS, but uh, being a northerner, being a person who grew up in a predominantly white suburbs, I would spend my lunch breaks talking to both the white workers as well as the black workers. And it was a, it was a period of time where I was frowned upon by communicating or associating with the white co-workers. Mm. Uh, and again, that was something that I wasn't familiar with because where I'm from, that was just common. Yeah. Black right. people, white people all mingled together, wasn't a big deal. So yeah, I decided to come home during spring break of that year and I have not been to Alabama since. Uh, <laughs> like for real, yeah. you've never been back to the state? I, I went back for my aunt's wedding maybe two years later and I have not gone back since. That was wow. just for a weekend. Yeah, I, and it wasn't a, a thing of I had like a traumatized and horrible experience. It was just one of those things of the South kisses and that experience kind of kind of killed it for me. Yeah. There's okay. nothing down there beneficial for me. I, I had family, but they came north more than we went south. So, you know, I'll just wait for them to come home. And then after that, I kind of came home, worked a little bit, and then <clears throat> full disclosure. Followed a lady friend of mine down to U of I because she was <laughs> cool. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be home anymore. I'm leaving my mom. I'm 21. I need to change the screen. I want to be independent. So I moved down to Champagne, And uh, I would probably say that was the best five years of life that I had. I learned a lot, did a lot. Um, okay. I'll say this. Um, it was that life experience that will never be forgotten. And it uh, allowed me to be able to help and encourage young people of what not, what to and what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't make it through the four years, through the five years. Got a little story for you. <laughs> I was working at a bar. We was going through some rough stuff. She uh, met, she came to the bar. You know, whatever, you know, I'll be nice. I'll let you in. Met a guy there. Left with that guy. No. <laughs> Three years later, they got married. No. Ouch. Yeah. How but did you know what? break up? <laughs> I, oh, no. We, we was done. But at the oh. same time, I, I as I tell people, I deserved it. I was a dog. Okay. Okay. I was. She would go home during the summer. I stayed in Champagne. And. There are technically still people there. (laughs) What happens, happens. So, you know what? It's one of those things that I have gotten. And that's the thing I can honestly say. um, That was one of those things that I I got what I deserved. I didn't feel bad for myself. I kind of just had to suck it up and deal with it. But I still wouldn't take it back. I still had fun on the side. But anyway. uh, (laughs) uh, So then I came back. Came back north, left Champagne. I came back north, and from 2005 to about well, to currently, I've, I've been enrolled. I've been an educational worker since then. I started working at a therapeutic day school in Highland Park in 2005, and then I came to the great 
Northern my Lake high County. school. Yeah, Lake County. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I've been there for going on 13 years now. Good and gosh. again, I wouldn't take it back. I It's been a great 13 years. Um, I was just DMV this, after, this morning and I ran into a student who I had on a hoodie with my hat on and a jacket on with a mask on. And he was in front of me and he goes, hey, didn't you work at this school? And I'm like, oh, damn, I can't go no damn way. <laughs> Don't get away. <laughs> he goes, oh, you probably, I'm like, what's your name? So he told me, he goes, you probably don't remember me. And I'm like, but I remember the last name. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you know such and such? He goes, oh, yeah, that's my sister. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I have a cousin of yours at the school now. He goes, oh, yes, a lot of us. I'm like, that last name is so common in the community. Mm-hmm. I knew they had to be connected. But again, it's one of those things of I have met some of the best people um, throughout my time there. And, and I can honestly say, most of them were not the best of students. No. But you get them outside <laughs> that school, they're the best of people. Okay. But in that building, they can raise hell. And that's, I, I, I struggle with people who judge students based on their performance in the building and not see them for who they are. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. something that you have to do because not everybody is a school person. But people don't understand that. They're because they're supposed to be in school. They no, this kid can be a pain in the butt in school, but you see him out there on the streets, completely opposite. And that's one of the nicest kids. And but you would never know that because you burn a bridge with them during your time in that building. That you don't take the time to learn the students. So, yeah. So I mean, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a fun forty plus years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that that's basically about it. And throughout the whole time, I did get married back in 2010. Being that that's what this podcast is about. And uh, <laughs> I got married in 2010. We started dating in 2007. And yes, she is um, white, Caucasian, <laughs> or however you want to put it. Uh, so I have a lot of perspective, personal perspectives on those things. So I'm not going to speak on behalf of everybody who is in a interracial relationship, but I can just spend, I can just talk about my experiences and whether or not it has been worth it. And sometimes I wonder, but <laughs> whether, or not, <laughs> whether or not it is something that is worth it. We can only ask for your personal opinions and your personal experiences. Um, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> but how did you meet your um, now wife? So we, uh, when I was working at therapy at day school, I got the job um, because they had an open at an all-girls group home that was right next door to the school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the all-girls group home was funded, ran by a um, residential facility that's also located out here. And um, it was more of a transitional home. And these were students who were wards of the state, taken away from parents, but brought into a place to give them proper guidance to be able to transition to the real world on their own without needing um, support or whatever like that. So um, I've been there for two years and she came in to um, do some overtime hours mm-hmm. and then eventually she got transferred out there. And it was just one of those things of we just kind of clicked. But the funny part about it is I was, that was during my, um, <clears throat> is this a, a, a R-rated podcast? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> was this, the whole was my, this was during my garden tool days. 
<laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to, you know, <laughs> many people I could. And a funny part about it was she had talked about how she had a sister who had had bad relationships or whatever like that. So I was like, ooh, what's your sister look like? Oh, you no. Know, <laughs> hey, again, I was a garden tool. Shark was one of the shit. I was a right. one of the shit. <laughs> So, of course, I was just joking. I mean, okay, I wasn't joking, but at the same time, the more we hung, the more we worked together and stuff like that, they ended up becoming a joke and stuff like that. And um, one of the funniest things she said was, wow, you're not like the other, you're not, you're not like most black guys. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, you're like European black. And I'm like, wait, what? What the hell is European black? <laughs> European black. And she's like, some- well, oh, uh, oh. Uh. I'm like, what is that? So it was just the running joke because I'm like, what? Because I don't, I don't dress a certain way because I'm, I speak proper because I say thank you and and ma'am and sir like is that I ain't never been in Europe. So I don't know. What you, I don't know what you, this is before Idris Elba, so I have no clue what you're black. But she's from um, and know where I'm from. Her exposure to black people being a person from Lake County, from a small town in Lake County, mm-hmm. and being that I'm a person from Chicago, air quote, Chicago, um, it's different. Cause you know, anything yeah. south of Lake Hood Road or Chicago, which ain't true. But I mean. to, to, to <laughs> most folks in these parts, if, if you're not from anything, basically south of Lake, I would probably say Waukegan, anything south of Waukegan is considered Chicago. But yeah, so it was just it was just interesting. But we just we, we clicked and she ended up leaving and going to do a different job and trying to ambulance doing another social services job and stuff like that. And it just kind of developed into something that was actually um something that kind of that we 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 both clicked. Mm-hmm. And and I mean it's it was it was it was just interesting. Because again, I I, I decided to close the shed. <laughs> <laughs> And, and took myself off the streets, which <laughs> that was tough, man. That was tough, but it was for the better. It was for the better. <laughs> How did you know that it was time to, as you say, close the shed? Um, she was the first person that I had dated that I was actually able to meet her parents and be seen in public with without having to look over my shoulder. Um, that's full disclosure. Of course, I keep saying full disclosure, but that's just because I had went through a string where I was dating girls whose parents didn't necessarily approve of mm-hmm. relationships that didn't involve their own kind. Uh, the mm-hmm. two previous ladies were both Asians and they were the only daughters. Ooh. So the young lady that I moved to Champaign for, um, her parents were totally fine and well when they knew that we were friends. But when she asked them, when she told them I was going to her prom, it was kind of like, whoa, hold on, huh? Mm. It's the switch. Another young lady that I was friends with while in Champagne, a different one, um, again, <laughs> the funny part about it is her parents knew something was going on, but didn't really know because she was like, hey, nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, one of her parents had a medical issue when they came down so me being a nice guy I am I showed up at the hospital to show support yeah well let's just say we will sleep 
in the waiting room and the parent came out and started speaking their language in a very aggressive tone. And it was like, oops, I think we've been exposed. So, <laughs> and we tried to continue that relationship on the side, but again, it just wasn't worth it. And I didn't want to continue to go through something where I had to be something that I was not. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know what I'm saying, and had to be in a closet about, and it just wouldn't be beneficial. Regardless of how we personally thought about each other, it's more than just our feelings. It's about other stuff that it's, it's just not going to work. Yeah. You know, so um, with my now wife, it was one of those things of she was accept- she was accepting it, and she took me for who I was, my issues and all. Um, I had a couple, but uh, my issues <laughs> and all. And then, uh, like I say, I was able to meet her family, and they were totally fine with an acceptance and stuff like that. So it was one of those things I'm like, wait, so this is a person that I'm getting feelings for. Things are going good. I don't have to sneak around. We could be honest about what we have going on. Yeah, you know what? I think this just might be the one. So let me just buckle down and just commit to this mm-hmm. relationship, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and go for it for what it is. So, yeah. This is why I love talking to you. You just have like the greatest stories. <laughs> Makes me feel extra over the things. <laughs> so what was it like meeting her parents for the first time? Oh, well, here we go. Um, <laughs> the story goes like this. Um, hey, mom wants to meet you. Oh, not your dad? Well, I wants to meet you. Okay. <laughs> would you want to, would you be okay with going out to dinner or something like that? I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. Oh, by the way, my brother and his girlfriend are coming too. Oh, okay. So now I'm meeting the mother and your brother. Her brother is, my wife is the oldest. Her brother's the next oldest, but he is kind of like the big brother of the mm-hmm. family. I mean, he, he is the big brother of the family and he is basically a replica of her dad. So um, it was kind of awkward on my part because one, I've never openly met parents. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, but it was a public setting, so I was totally fine. Because if, if it went left, I was gonna be okay. <laughs> Especially because we were, in, we, we, yeah, it was it was a nice restaurant in the public setting. I'd be okay. So no, it went good, and then eventually I ended up uh, meeting her dad, and that went good. I met the rest of her brothers and sisters and stuff like that. But the big one was um, she had a cousin who got married in Galena, okay. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Well, see, um, at the time, we were just dating, but we adults. So, you know, we adults doing adult things, getting a trip. Well, see, this wedding, um, I had to drive down by myself, and then I had to get a hotel room by myself because she was staying with her family. So you got this oversized Black man driving down to Galena, Illinois. <laughs> To go to this wedding of a cousin who was from down in them parts. And I'm driving past the church where I thought the wedding was. And I see these horses sitting outside. What the hell am I doing? Why are there horses outside the church? Is that the church? I'm- yeah, that's the church I'm supposed to go to. There's horses. Okay, what the hell am I getting myself into? Wait, like just just horses? Like a single well, I, horse? I, 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 oh, no, no, it's two of them. I'm going to get to the story. Okay, so I go, to, I go to the hotel. 
to check in. And coincidentally, when I'm checking in, there's two other ladies checking in going to a wedding. I didn't put two and two together till I got to the wedding. Didn't get to the wedding, but I got the wedding was just ending as I pull up at the church that had the horses. Why were there horses, you ask? Because the husband was a cowboy. And I'm not saying a boy who loved cows. I'm talking a hee-haw, giddy-up, cowboy hat with the boots. He did not have spurs. Is it a formal occasion without spurs? Well, we, we wasn't in Texas, okay. So I get there, and again, it's Galena, Illinois. I am the only dark spot in the room. Well, outside. Good thing it was daylight. But <laughs> I'm the only one there, and I pull up, and I'm looking for her amongst all these people. Now, everybody knows who I am because they all know that she's dating a guy who happens to be a darker shade of light. <laughs> <laughs> so I eventually find her and everything is good. And and again, it was one of those things whereas the love and the acceptance was just, I'm just like, wow, um, I, I, this is awkward. This is weird. But again, mm-hmm. it's tugging on the heartstrings. Like, man, this is, this is legit. This is real. Go to the wed. I mean, go to the reception, everything like that. Um, there's a picture to this day. Uh, whereas we were at the wedding and her mom had came and sat on my lap and we were talking just as a joke kind of thing. And I'm just, but, but again, we had only been dating for maybe six months, but it was okay. that comfort, you know what I'm saying? Which is something yeah. that I'm not used to because people don't like this <laughs> right. kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So here's what I found out at the wedding. One of my wife's cousins tells me that, hey, What's going on? Like nothing, you know, how's it going? This and the other. He goes, man, this is a whole lot better than the last time we had a family wedding. Well, what happened the last time y'all had a family wedding? Oh, your wife didn't tell you? I mean, your girlfriend didn't tell you? I'm not going to say her name. Yeah. She didn't tell yeah. you. I'm like, no, she didn't tell me what happened. Oh, man. It was my wedding that the last time we had a family gathering. Huh? I got to tell those <laughs> Full disclosure. So <laughs> um, he tells me that at his wedding, uh, my wife's boyfriend at the time, this was a, a year prior, mm-hmm. um, had got into it with some of the relatives Ooh. due to his consumption of too much alcohol. Oh, no. Yikes. And on top of that, they didn't particularly care for him. Ooh. So it's kind of like, hey, we need to, it was more of a reason to, and some fists got thrown and some policemen got called and Whoa. yeah, it's a big deal. Right. So in case you haven't caught on, my wife is kind of a black sheep of the family. She kind of <laughs> just... <laughs> so she goes from picking up this other guy to coming back a year and a half later with this dude. It's like, man, what is her... But you know what it is, what it is, because I'm not special like that. I'm a different breed. Um, <laughs> but but he was white, so that's why I don't feel bad. <laughs> nice. She, she got the night, the, the black knight in shining armor. That's what I was. Uh, <laughs> so guy knows how to act at a wedding. <laughs> uh, especially when I'm the only one down in Galena. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, that was, as I asked my, my, I asked her about that. She goes, who told you that? I'm like, what, what, what happened? So she told me what all happened. I'm like, oh, okay. But it was just one of those things of, 
knowing what had happened the last time they had this kind of thing, and then here I am coming in a year and a half later, regardless of what happened in the past, that wasn't held against me. That wasn't held against her. Mm-hmm. They saw me as a different person. They treat me as a different person. They treat me with respect and open hearts. So therefore, it was kind of like, this is, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was a good thing. So that I, I think at that, you know, that's kind of like, yeah, this, like, again, this is even more of a reason why I'm glad that I kind of invested into this. And, and I think this actually worked out kind of thing. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, weddings are a big deal for no reason. Know, six months and you're already invited to a wedding well you can't show up to where would i know date all the time when everybody knows you date oh that's facts that's that, that would make sense yeah because <laughs> you better believe that phone was blowing up when they found out that she was dating oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's why everybody at the wedding knew who you were Exactly, and I knew nobody. I just saw a room full of white people. I'm just <laughs> like, where's mine? I got you. Okay, right. and at least three. So I'm good. Yeah. So no, it was, I mean, it, like it was, it was a good time. It was, like again, it was one of those things where it's like, this is good. I'm 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 enjoying this. I'm enjoying it. It's been accepted because it's hard. You know what I'm saying? I think that when you are in a relationship like that, it is kind of hard to feel comfortable to feel accepted you know what I'm saying so yeah so, did you guys ever have like like a sit down hard talk before mm-hmm. like maybe engagement about kind of like race relations in your relationship or <laughs> um I think that that was never something that we talked about to the point where it was something that we had to think about in a negative way because at the time, there, society wasn't so, um, it wasn't like it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, interracial dating, interracial marriages have always been taboo. No matter, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you're, I mean, for granted, the kids in the 60s, that's a whole nother story. But, right. Since the 90s, I would say it's been more, um, more open and it's been more, uh, more accepting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, we never had a conversation to the point of like, hey, do we understand the consequences that comes with this? Now, granted, we have been out in public where we get those looks and mm-hmm. those stares. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, did you see that? See what? Oh, you didn't see that? No, I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean those people that was looking? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. Oh, my bad. Okay, I didn't think you saw that. But <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Those kind of stairs, but on it has always been. I've gotten past that because I, I don't. It, it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I've always been raised in a environment where as people are just people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And, and, okay. and granted, I didn't grow up in a community whereas it was looked upon, what was frowned upon. It was kind of just a, you had no choice because it was a mixture of everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then of course, we're also talking like during high school where people were dating and I mean, it's, it's high school. Nobody takes yeah. high school dating serious. Now granted, I come to realize that depending on where you live, depending on the size of your town, high school dating does eventually end up becoming marriage, which I find to be quite 
crazy because I'll be doggone if I'm with somebody from the age of 14 to the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I, I ain't experienced nothing, but that's just me. But that's because <laughs> I grew up in a community where it's just like, hey, there's no, it, my saying has always been, if I ain't got no ring, I could do my thing. So <laughs> I, that's his head was open. <laughs> I, doggone right. And I was just cleanest thing in the shit. <laughs> But, but so, um, those conversation, but we were just talking, uh, prior to me logging on and, 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 um, just for everything that's going on and stuff like that. And I was bringing up how my father-in-law, um, when I proposed to my wife the, the day before, I asked him if, if we can, again, I'm shady. We snuck up and went to Canada for the weekend. And while we were there, I proposed to my wife. And then when we came back, it was actually a week later, we came back. And that's when I asked him if he was okay with us. Share for the head thing. I mean, what, what he goes, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. You ain't gonna stop me. I've never been a traditionalist. That's just not my, I mean, when I proposed to my wife, okay, I, I hate to share this story and she's gonna kill me. No, we it's it. kind of embarrassing on my part because I am so not the romantic, but <laughs> we're in a hotel room and my wife goes to the bathroom. I have the ring box. I put it on the stand where the TV, well, I put on the stand where the TV is. Well, mm-hmm. the TV was on. So she comes out and I go into the bathroom. I come out the bathroom and here she is. She had a coat on, bundled up. because This was, this was uh, January the 1st. Of 2009, so it was kind of cold. Mm-hmm. She come, I come out, and I said, uh, "She's like, you ready to go?" I'm like, "You, you didn't see the box?" She goes, "What box?" I said, <laughs> "Box on the TV stand." What box on the TV stand? I said, "That one right there." <laughs> she goes, "What's that?" I said, "Open it up." I said, "So." She goes, "So." I'm like, uh, "Will you marry me?" And she's like. Are you serious? I'm like, well, I got this box. And she said, yeah, stuff like that. But yet, I wasn't getting down on no, I, that's not, I, I know. I'm supposed to get down on a knee? Yes, you got one job. <laughs> one job. <laughs> one job. Hold on. Get one down job. on that knee. Hold on. I bought the ring. So? And that's part of the job. <laughs> like, I don't that's one of the requirements of the job. You get the ring, you go down the knee, and you ask. Unless you physically cannot get in it. I've seen you do huddles. You can physically get on a knee. I, okay. Okay. Down there, she would have to help me back up. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> you could have sat on the edge of the bed. That's close enough. Sat on a chair. I thought you it would have been a nice surprise to come out the bathroom and you see a ring box there. Like, no. I, yeah, again, I'm not the wrong man. I don't, I mean, she said yes, so said it yes. worked. So and that's all that matters. <laughs> and we're never going to judge her for her for her um, decisions. However, but yeah, but the hardest part is watching those doggone romantic comedies and being like, "Damn, that was a good one. I should have did that. <laughs> oh, that was a good one." There's so Why many movies you could have just stolen from, like yeah, truly plagiarize it. <laughs> See, I'm a fan of Martin. Y'all ever seen Martin? Oh when he, gosh. When he proposed it, damn Jana Fine, will you marry? That's what I was just like. That's what you're going for. <laughs> <laughs> I and guess you know, in that sense, uh, nailed it. <laughs> I, I grew up watching Martin. I, that was my inspiration. Sorry. But no, so 
I came back and then I asked him and one of, he was more concerned about the whole interracial aspect of like, hey, do you know how like how people are going to perceive this and are you okay with that? And how does your family feel about this? And uh, what about if you have kids and what are you going to do this and the other? And it's like, I mean, to be honest, I was just like, well, I mean, well, duh, of course I've thought about this stuff, but it's not that big of a deal because this is normal for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interracial relationships is, to me, in my eyes, the social norm. That's the norm. But for people mm-hmm. who have never experienced it or have only heard about the negative stuff mm-hmm. tied to interracial relationships, of course, that's what they're going to automatically jump to, which I get it. They're from a small Lake County community and that's what they know they only know right. based on what they've heard or what they might have seen mm-hmm. but they haven't heard or seen positive things about that so they just automatically jump to the negatives versus assuming that hey just because my daughter is going to be in a relationship interracial marriage does not mean it's going to be the worst right. does not mean that okay. it's going to end up in divorce does not mean that they're going to have children who you know what I'm saying? They're going to end up on welfare and stuff. I mean, you know, all, all those negative stereotypes. Yeah. And I'm right. not saying that that's what he was going for, but I can just assume and I can just imagine that all those negative thoughts about the negatives of interracial marriages was stuff that was on his mind versus the positive things that can come of it, which those positives are the same thing. They'll be positives of two white people getting married, to yeah. black people being married, to people of anything getting married. It doesn't have to be. I mean, the negative and positive should be the same. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you don't know about that stuff, that's where you're going to have the responses that you have. So I, I, I get it. And I understood. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is no big deal. I'm like, I have an uncle. They've been married for 25 years. Him and his wife. They live in Ohio. They have children. My family is totally fine with it because this is just, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying I'm like I've always been told to love who I love. It, love has no color. You know, just if that's who you love, then that's who you love. It's not about a thing of hey, you, you, no, yeah. that's not how it is. But again, I grew up in the Chicagoland area, where yeah. that is something that is more accepting than it is in some parts. So that was you know what I'm saying. So, but yeah. Well, I was going to ask how your family reacted to it, but I guess you just answered. <laughs> oh, my family was totally. My family was just happy that I ever covered from my other one shed phase yeah yeah (laughs) and i had got done dirty again by another one but i it was my fault i every time i've been done dirty (laughs) it's my fault and i would never say that it was not my fault i can admit it that it was my fault but i didn't tell them it was my fault i had done it was all of course I, I not. I let them know that, I, that, that, that they nephew, that they not. grandson was out there doing bad, shady things. No. No. Got to keep up the appearances. Exactly. I was the, I was the victim. <laughs> I had a <laughs> lady who decided to, we were dating, and she decided to, you know, furnish my apartment. And then we had separated. And I was supposed to pay her for the furniture, but... I wasn't paying and she still had a key to my apartment. So Sorry. I came home one day. Go <laughs> uh, her. I'm not gonna uh, lie. Hold on, man. Hold on, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
she took the kitchen table, but she left with a chair. And I called my mom and my mom called my aunts and I got the phone for, hey, you want us to come out there and kick her? And I'm like, no, it's not that serious. You sure? We'll find her. I'm like, no, 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 it's all good. It ain't. I mean, but I did her wrong because I had kicked her to the curb because I was dating my now wife. And, you know, again, I was not the nicest. Oh, sir. So this is <laughs> twice that I've done wrong and I, I deserved it. But again. She took the table, left all of the chairs or just a single chair? No, no. She left the, like the, the love seat chair. <laughs> and you want to know what she did with it? She sold it? No, she donated no, she it. Do- she donated it to Captain <laughs> Charity. I'm glad you found it funny because I didn't find it funny. You know how hard, you know how hard it is being 25 and sleeping on the floor? I was sleeping on pallets. <sighs> I'm not making this stuff up. This is, this is me. That is the level of pain. It was rough. It was, uh, but you know what? Again, I deserved it. You did deserve it. You I did, did it wrong. I did it wrong. And again, <laughs> I always thought that before I had kids, I thought I was going to have daughters. I thought I was going to have daughters because I was raised by all women. My mom and dad were never married, but I stayed with my mom. I stayed with my grandmother for the first 13 years. And I stayed Mm -hmm. with my mom from sixth grade up until when I got older. My dad, him and I didn't have a relationship, a good relationship until I was like 18 Mm -hmm. until now. So I was raised with all all women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have daughters. I already know I'm going to have daughters. This is what it's going to be. And they're like, wait, I, I got two boys. And I'm like, man, this is a this is punishment. So now I have punishment. to make sure that they don't make the same mistakes that I did. I was a dog. And I have to make sure that they don't become dogs. But I think it was because of what I experienced and what I did wrong that I can not appreciate what I did wrong. I understand mm-hmm. what I did wrong. But I now know that I have to make sure that they don't think it's okay. Because at the time, I thought what I was doing was okay. Until yeah. I got burnt. But it's like, that was my doing. I, I burnt myself. They didn't really lit the fuse to burn yourself, yeah. But I thought my stuff didn't stink and it would never happen to me. But it, it did. <laughs> In the best ways. Poor me. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that you said that you always thought you were going to have daughters. And you realize that having boys was actually your punishment for mm-hmm. that. Because I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times people would say, I hope I have boys. And then daughters are the punishment for how you've treated women in the past. Mm-mm. But now you have to raise two, two young men to not be like their dad. And that's, that's how I, the funny part about it is I found out I was having, when we got the, the test, and I was like, hey, I'm not going to tell. I, I don't want to know. I, I wanted to know. My wife didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. So the nurse told me. And I was like, huh? My exact words were, pardon my language. What the fuck am I supposed to do with boys? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, huh? I said, I'm having a boy. And she goes, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do with a boy. I, I, I was just expecting to have girls. At this time, I was coaching girls basketball. Yeah. Again. But you're also coaching my, boys football. Huh? Weren't you also doing boys football? Yeah. But I was coaching girls basketball. <laughs> it's me. I got five women cousins, well, five women now, cousins, before the next boy comes in. Wow. I grew up doing hair, 
My cousins tell a story about how I burned her ear with a hot comb. I know how to braid her. Like I was, uh, I, I, I've been groomed since day one. <laughs> to have a girl. To have girls. <laughs> go out and buy girls dresses, you know. I, and then like, yeah, boys like, wait, 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 wait. I, but I look at it like this. I have to raise them how to be better men than I was raised. Mm-hmm. but also have the opportunity to raise them with an active father in their lives, mm-hmm. which is something that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So looking back on it now, it's like, I understand the purpose of me having, cause I didn't, they didn't, they have what I didn't have growing up, which was a mom and a dad at home. Mm-hmm. And if something was to ever happen to my wife and I, I would still make sure that I'm active in their, in their, in their lives. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I didn't have. Again, my dad was not active in my life till I was 18. Right. Hell, by that time. You're grown. I'm wrong. I mean, you ain't helping me with nothing much that I don't already know. Yeah, you know I'm saying. I, yeah. So it's just one of those things of, and I and I and that's what I have to, and that's what I'm going through now. Is one of those things of, they want to hang out and do more stuff for me, and I'm just like, well, I don't want to. But I'm like, I, come, I'm no, it's not. I said that <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's just funny how you said it. We understand that you love no, your no, children. It's you not, want to hang out with them. Like, but it's just like, well, I'm tired. I, it's like I just want to go out for a ride by myself, but I have to understand. I wish that I had my dad mm-hmm. when I was eight or nine, saying, "Hey, come with me. Let's go out and do this." Or, "Hey, I got to make a round somewhere. You want to come with me?" Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I have to change my thought process. And it's the thing of, "Hey, I'm going to get gas. Hey, Dad, can I come with? Yeah, come on, let's go." And they get in the backseat, or one of them get in the backseat, about as happy as all outdoors. Then he gets to go to the gas station with me. And I'm like, what is the gas station? Not that big of a deal. But again, <laughs> I don't see it as a big deal. But I have to get out of the mindset of they just want to spend time with me because they enjoy spending time with me. And I should enjoy right. spending time with them, which I do. But I'm just like, man, I'm a kids all day long at work. <laughs> I'm not the most long. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things of... Yeah. I just have to, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm still learning. My, my, my boys are eight and seven, about to be nine and eight, nine and seven. But I still, I'm still learning how to be that father that I didn't have without it, with it being, without, I, I should be that father that I never have, but I'd have been uncomfortable for me, but making it comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I yeah. need to be more loving of them. Mm-hmm. And understand that the relationship that we have will determine how they end up later on down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we have a, a relationship where they're not, they don't want to be around me, they'll have kids and I want to be around their kids. Right. Which is not, you know what I'm saying? So okay. I just, I have to do, and I, and I can, I can miss that. I have to do a better job of, of loving them the way that they need to be loved and want to be loved versus the way that I was raised because I just didn't, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Well, we know you said that a lot of um, that you see your marriage as, you know, as normal as any other marriage and your challenges should not be any different than other marriages, challenges that come in marriage and your, you know, positives shouldn't be different from other marriages. But can you share with us maybe like one or two challenge that challenges that you've had that might be a little different than um, a couple that match i guess i don't like that language i need something better so I, I i get what you're saying and what we're going through now 
Mm-hmm. And 2021 mm-hmm. is 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 about as rough of a past that we've experienced because of our difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would say we, the two of us, mm-hmm. are not struggling together, but we're struggling due to outside influences. Right. Okay. Um, prior to this, um, there was a religion struggle because my my love for religion is not based on um, it's based on more experiences, mm-hmm. not based on the way I was raised. Whereas her religion has been more so based on the way that she was raised, and and not and 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 it's not a a, a problem. I'll, for example, she was raised in a Lutheran faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was raised in a Baptist faith, but I went to a Catholic high school, and then I went to Nazarene College. Ooh, you just where she went. Oh. She was born and raised. Say it again. I said, you just hitting all the big ones. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm all over the place. She was born and raised her religion, which is Lutheran. And still to this day, that is her religion. That's her, okay. her practices and everything like that. Whereas I don't have a set practice because I have taken a piece of every religion, everything I've been exposed to, mm-hmm. and not necessarily have created my own religion. But the one thing that has been true and constant is my love, my uplifting of the one upstairs. Mm-hmm. I say the okay. one upstairs because I go back and forth to the male or female. I don't know what it is, but I do know that there is a higher being up there. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. mm-hmm. because of that, um, I don't, I choose to look at things in a different way. And I choose to not let one set of religious rules determine Mm-hmm. My, my, my my way of thoughts and, and, and stuff like that. So now when it comes to the kids, the question has always been like, hey, for an example, why, why do we continue to support religion A when we don't really believe that what they're saying is true because they don't agree with X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. But you think oh, X, Y, and Z is okay. So why do we allow them to go to a school that is this religion that believes the X, Y, and Z is wrong? Mm-hmm. Now we have to come home and explain to them the X, Y, and Z is not wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but the teacher said it's wrong, but it's not wrong. Mm. How yeah. do we have this conversation? And, 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 and it's one of those things where as, as a person who grew up raised in a, in a, in a, in a Baptist church, Baptist house, Baptist family, going to the Catholic school where they're uplifting saints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in a, in a Baptist church, who the hell is Peter? Ain't no, saint Peter. <laughs> Ain't no Gabriel. Ain't no Saint, Saint, Saint Patrick. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, it, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's all yeah. different. But mm-hmm. because, of, because of my exposure to others, I can accept... I can understand that the Catholic Church has these beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I don't understand why they think that this committing this is a sin, mm-hmm. but then you allow 
these people to do what they do and then they get transferred to a different church mm-hmm. it, but but then you have another religion where the pastor might have a couple of extra children out there mm-hmm. but on mm-hmm. Sunday we uplifting him like it ain't no big deal or the closet door just opened up and out came a pastor and deacon but Ooh. we don't say nothing about that. We don't speak on it. Don't speak but, on it. But yet still, <laughs> I have to uplift him and say that he is a man of the cloth and I have to respect him, but he's not doing right by the book that we're all supposed to be honoring. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so me personally. Huh? The hypocrisy of it. Right. And because of that, that's why I don't find myself attached to one set religion because I feel that they all, pardon me, in my experiences, the ones that I've been exposed to, there are flaws. Again, I agree to one thing and to one thing that they all seem to agree with, that there is a higher being that we should all worship and honor and try to live, live our lives through that person. And I agree. But I'm not going to say that because I did this, that you're going to tell me that I'm going here mm-hmm. when you just broke Commandment number eight, but you okay. Right. Right. But I just did commandment number one, but I'm going to help. Hold, 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 hold on. Because last time I checked, just because it's the first one, don't mean That's it is worse than number eight. Right. Right. Wrong right. is wrong. Preach, preach wrong it. Wrong Preach, preach huh? it. I, mean, I, 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 I told you anything over out, I got to take the collection plate. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but so we have had that struggle because of our difference, because of the religious aspect. Right now, the differences that we're that we're struggling with is the the response and the reactions to the past four years, and from a political standpoint, right, mm-hmm. as well as what has happened from a social political standpoint over the past year. And not just the past year. We're going to be honest and say over the past four to five hundred Four-ish years, years yeah. yes. And with people... A, lot of, a large escalation in the last four years, yeah. And with people not understanding that it's not just a one-time thing. What happened in Minnesota was not just the first time. What happened in Georgia was not just the first time. What happened in, in Louisville, Kentucky was not just the first time. This stuff has been really going on forever. Those places. But for some people in our lives, this is new to them. Mm-hmm. But I remember sure. back in the 80s that there was a gentleman by the name of Rodney King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people have forgotten about that. So quick. But again, so it's just one of those things that we are struggling with that to the point that my, my other half is has gone on a tangent of wanting to leave, not just the state. But two months ago, it was like, hey, let's go to Canada. So now it's, hey, let's go to Europe. And, and it's one of those things of like, I just break her and heart I get it. it happens there too. But And that's what I, and the funny part about it is the difference being she agrees that what's going on here is bad, but she also believes that in other places it won't be as bad. As bad. But what yeah. I explained, and we just had this conversation earlier, what I explained is to be for, for her, she can go places and be okay. Myself, not the same. And our two children, not the same. 
Mm-hmm. I said, that's no different than people from other countries coming here. Yeah, They're treated differently because we as Americans know that they're foreigners. Right. Whether it's by the way they talk, whether it's by the way they dress, whether it's by the way that they just interact. You know what I'm saying? We, mm-hmm. we know. It's funny because we have students at my school who are from Mexico, but they're Americanized Mexicans, and they frown upon the kid who just transferred in who was from Durango, Mexico, that speaks mm-hmm. very little English. And they treat them differently because, yeah, they're a different kind of Mexican. We don't really like them kind. But let's go to England where, yes, there are Black people in London, England. Mm -hmm. But those Black people who are in London, England are different than American Black people. They already have it hard enough as it is being an African migrant who came to London. Now, they're going to be treated differently than an American who comes to London, England. Yes. They're still both being looked upon as black men mm-hmm. or black people, but they know the difference between Americans and Africans. And you don't and just gonna... shed. You don't just shed your Americans. Like your children have been here, like let's say eight nine years. They're not just going to shed that as soon as they step into foreign soil. Like they're still going to bring those with them, those experiences. And though they are accepting of black, and like like I said, they're we're accepting of black people here. It's and like I told, I said the thing is, I agree. Being here sucks. I said, but at least I know how to navigate the American system. I know where to go to make sure that I can keep my head above water and still be safe. Mm -hmm. I don't know a doggone thing about London. Not at all. It might be safe, but I don't know where I can and can't go. And the classism over there is very similar to the economic issues here. It's big time different. Like over here, if you're black and got money, you a little bit better mm-hmm. than the average black person, but you still go face some issues. Yeah. Exactly. But you know where to go with that money. You know what places are safe. I ain't got no money. <laughs> so if I go over there, I'm most definitely have no money. What are you gonna do? And you know what I'm saying? And and breaking it down some like that, and, and she gets it and she understands, but she's just like, I I I don't see it getting any better. I, I don't. I don't think she goes. It's gonna as rough as as it is for you. She goes. What about our kids? I'm like. That's the whole thing. We have to make sure that we educate them and that we train them to how to navigate the system. And I said mm-hmm. the downside about it is, I'm black. They're biracial. It should be a lot harder for them. Because they're going to get it from both groups. Both groups. Yep. yep. They're going to get it from the Black community. They're going to get it from the white community. Lord forbid there's a biracial community that's going <laughs> to give them a hard time. And I'm like, and that's, and that's just it. I'm like, so we have to make sure that, one, they are comfortable with who they are. Mm-hmm. But two, we have to make sure that they are going to be exposed to everything and everyone. So therefore, they can understand how the world works. And not just be associated with black people and not just be associated with white people. Mm-hmm. They have to be associated with everyone as a whole. Right. Because the more well rounded they are, the easier it will be. Not the better, but the easier. Because mm-hmm. as long as we ain't got no money, it ain't gonna be better. <laughs> if I had money, it still wouldn't be no better, because that's my money, it ain't their money. But uh, <laughs> but it's just one of those things of just have to do a better job of of helping them to understand 
and, and, and the sad part about it is our support system um, that we thought we had so strong has not been as stable oh. because mm-hmm. of what's been going on over the past, obviously over the past 18 months. Yeah. So now it's the thing of, it's the two of us trying to lay the phone each other for support, which is, is good, but at the same time, it's tough because there's crap that I'm going through at work. Yeah. And then there's stuff that she's going through at work that's just bad. What I'm going through at work is what she's going through at her job. And then we have to come home and we both have to decompress what's going on at our jobs. At the same time, keep a smile on our faces and not let it show. So therefore, we need to love our children, which is tough. Yeah. To the point that, you know, both of us are like, hey, we just need to leave our jobs. Uh, well, hold, hold, hold on. Uh, we ain't got no money. <laughs> Did you win a lot or not? I didn't know. Because we still got to eat. But you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things. Just trying to make the most out of it. But like the original question, the differences. There's been so many. But like I say, it's it's the priority of religion, but now it's the whole racial and social uh, inequalities that's been going on in the world. So yeah, so it's it's a lot of stuff. But again, it's as long as we continue to check in with each other and continue to uplift each other and continue to be there for each other, I, I think that we'll be okay. It's just that it's a lot of not stress or pressure we put on ourselves. It's just that we have to be a lot stronger than we were before. And it kind of happened quick. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what we thought was going to be there from a support standpoint, it's kind of like, what's going on? Oh, there's issues out there? Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, oh, you don't you don't watch the TV, you don't watch the news, like you don't know what's going. Mm. On. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. But hopefully, it get better. But I'm I'm trying to 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 leave and not have to worry about it and go start my own colony. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring up the mood a little bit and um, ask a question that we've asked a couple of our guests. What was the most expensive date you've ever been on? Oh, with my wife, right? Um, we would prefer I mean, that, but it could be oh, with okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. In now, general, one time I, I got guess. Fruit, I got the fruit trip to Vegas one time. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> the so most expensive date. So. Um, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> that was in a former life. We don't talk about that no more. We don't. Uh, the most expensive date. Um, what's considered expensive nowadays? Well, I mean... What's ever expensive to you? Whatever's like, expensive to you. It's not like, oh, it has to be $1,000 or more. Like, we don't know. We, the number doesn't necessarily matter, but it's something that you did, like, maybe it's like a more of a one-in-a-lifetime or, like... Out of the norm. Way out of the norm, but, you know, we decided to treat ourselves or, like, we deserved it kind of scenario. We, we've gone out... Okay, one time we went out to this, this sushi restaurant and... and um and I mean, yeah, it was just two of us. And it was probably about 200 plus. And I mean, it was a date night that we had got, that we had decided to do. It wasn't anniversary or nothing like that. It was just a regular date night. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was probably it. Now, I mean, we have, I would probably say one thing that we did that was kind of out of the whim was we went to Vegas, Ooh. literally, for three days for the sole purpose. Okay. <laughs> why'd you go to vegas <laughs> i'm so excited 
So I am, I hate to say this because I'm embarrassed myself, but I'm old. But I love, I love to dance. I'm a, I'm a big time, like, yeah, it's, it's what I do. I've always been into house music. I've always been to EDM. Like, that's yeah. my thing. I'm like, like, okay. I was raised on house music and that's just, I'll be, I was the guy on the bus going to school at 6.30 in the morning, listen to a mixtape, a house mixtape at 6.30 in the morning. While everybody else listening to Big and Tupac, I'm listening to, to house music. Um, so this was two, two years ago, two years ago. I love Vegas. That's why I'm trying to convince my wife to, to move to the suburbs, not the city, but the suburbs. But mm-hmm. um, I found out that a certain artist that we both enjoy was going to be performing in Vegas. So I was in a all staff meeting at the school and I just told my wife before I left to say, hey, such and such is, coming, is going to be in Vegas. You want to go? And she's like, well, I don't know. It's going to be too expensive. We don't have enough. I'm like, well, if I can make it work, can we go? Yeah, whatever. She just said, yeah, whatever, just to give me to stop talking. <laughs> so I'm in this board meeting and I'm on Southwest.com, the app, <laughs> and I found out that I had enough points to fly us both round trip to Vegas. Wow. Tickets were like $59. I what? looked up. I was I was I was trying. You said we can go, I'm gonna make sure we can go. <laughs> so I get the plane tickets that same day was the pre-sale for the concert tickets. Mm-hmm. So I got the concert tickets. We get to Vegas, found out that a big time EDM artist that I like was going to be performing there that same night as the concert we went for. So I'm like, ooh, ooh, can we go? Can we go? <laughs> How much out of tickets? The guy was like, I can comp you. I'm like, huh? He goes, yeah, don't I'll, I can comp you tickets if you really want to go. I'm like, well, yeah. So we had two concerts to go. We went to the first concert. It started at 7 o'clock. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. Okay. The guy that I wanted to see was starting at 10 o'clock. Okay. We went to the first concert. It got over at 9.30. Oh, We goodness. booked it. We ran from that <laughs> venue. <laughs> I'm not going to say clear across town, but, man, I was sweating my butt off when we got to the other <laughs> And then we had to get in line to the other spot. We get to the other spot around 10, 15. I'm like, okay, good. We're good. The opening act was still performing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, well, dude, come on, man. What time is he going to take the stage? What time? 11.30. The dude oh. took the stage. Well, not the stage, but he took the tables. Yeah. We were there till 2.33 o'clock. When I say that was the best night. <laughs> That is awesome. And then the very next day we left, come back home. And it was like, seriously, we got there on a Friday. Yeah, we got there on a a Friday and we left out Sunday. But it was like Friday afternoon, we got there. The concert was Saturday night and we left out Sunday coming back home. And it was good. You want to know who the artists were? Yeah. The first concert was Justin Timberlake. Stop it. Wow. That was the third time we had seen him. So that's why I said <laughs> But it's Justin Timberlake. The third, the, the second concert was Calvin Harris. When I when I say you got I comps was, tickets to Calvin Harris. When I when I say I was I was you know I told you my knees was hurting and I couldn't get down to propose. 
Yeah, years you would have thought I was 18 because I was jumping up and down all I was sweating my that okay. has to be like the most epic weekend like, the that's say, so crazy back to back and I'm like man I'm like okay Susan, what time is it? we gotta be there we gotta go we gotta go I wasn't about to Uber no we can run I'm not Ubering I'm, I'm no no because my whole thing is like I say she loves Justin Timberlake and I do too. Mm-hmm. Calvin Harris. I can't miss out on seeing Calvin Harris. I mean, the dude's from overseas. Yeah. So the fact that he was right. coming to Vegas and performing and stuff like that. Here's the sad part about the Timberlake concert. There's a group of five girls that were sitting across no. the aisle from us. Do you know that four of the five girls were sleeping throughout the concert? How? Okay, that's not how I thought this was going. I thought they were just going to be annoying. No, they were sleeping. How do you go to a concert and sleep? I need new friends. Ain't That'll no sleeping way in the world. I'm about to pregame to go to no concert to the point that I'm passed out. People don't understand that pregame is just to get you to a point. It's not supposed to be the whole thing. Like, you're not supposed to get all night drunk for a pregame. You're supposed to get a buzz and then have fun. Exactly. That, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wasn't this one early? <laughs> That's seven o'clock. So yeah, so it was cool. Though. It was it was good. And so that's what I'm saying. Like a date is like that was a date night, and it was just yeah. a thing of we hung out during the day, went to that concert, went to the other concert, and came home and went right back to work on Monday. And that was it was cool. It was good. I I I literally enjoyed it. And like I said, we want to go back because there's another artist that we want to see. And I I mean with the pandemic going on, I'm like I can't go to no club no mm-hmm. something like that i'm not wearing a mask i i can't i can't be in that atmosphere with the mask on because mm-hmm. it's like it's already tons of people in there mm. and then you're gonna have them like i ain't gonna breathe like i might yeah. pass out because i'm gonna get too excited again so <laughs> like hopefully i'm like well what if they have a pool or what if it's at a pool would you rather go to a pool she goes yeah that'd be better i said but i don't know we people watch too much <laughs> You know how much people watch you could do at a pool? Very much. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody was something that shouldn't have wore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But that was the most expensive date. Like I said, it was one night in Vegas, I guess, would count as the, the most expensive. That was a great date. <laughs> My knees was hurting next one, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, the recovery must have been the worst. But, like, I think that's I'm fun. Old. Like, you was... You and your wife were just like, we could do this. Let's go to Vegas for the weekend. Keep par- one of our parents can keep- take these kids. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was, it was worth it, though. It was good. It was good. And that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we have one more question that we want to ask you that we ask all of our guests. And the question is, is marriage worth it? Funny you should ask. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Um proposed to my wife in the loving way that I did. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, yes. We talked later that day and she goes, I'm really surprised. I'm like, why? She goes, I'm like, surprised by what? She goes, I never thought that you wanted to get married. I'm like, why do you say that? She goes, because you were raised by your mom, your aunts, and your grandmother and knowing the relationships that they've, the issues they've had relationship-wise and stuff like that. I didn't think that marriage was something that something that you would really want to do. And I'm like, 
But that's the reason why, because I know what it's like to not to 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 have children, but not have that constant love from that person that you had children with. Or I know what it's like to not have found that loved one because I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's why I did want to get married because I found someone who I feel loves me as much as I love them. And it's somebody that I want to spend the rest of my life with. So why would I not commit to them in a marriage way versus just shacking up, as they say, Mm-hmm. And, and 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 being married because we've been together for 10 years. If I'm going to be with you, it's a piece of paper. I mean, literally, it's just a damn piece of paper. But <laughs> it's just the fact that you're making that commitment mm-hmm. via that ceremony, with that piece of paper, with your loved ones and stuff like that, that, that makes a difference. That matters. Um, looking back on it, I'm glad that I found my wife because with those other people that I was with I don't think that I would have been as happy uh one from a relationship wise knowing that there were issues with families you know what I'm saying not necessarily mm-hmm. being accepted um though there's issues now but it's not about the acceptance part it's about other stuff um and I, and I think that if you found that person that you can see yourself with for the rest of your life if you found someone that you know that when it's all said and done, they have your back, regardless of anything, then why not make that commitment to them? Does it have to be the big grand ceremony that you always hear about or that they say mm-hmm. young girls, when they're young, they want to be princess and have this big... It can be whatever kind of ceremony that you want to have that you, depending on who's the bigger person, because depending mm-hmm. on who wants to have the big ceremony. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. are the man and you want to have a big ceremony, but your woman doesn't, that's fine. If your woman had it, want to have a big ceremony, you, as long as you guys can agree upon what kind of ceremony that you're going to have, like this is something that you really want to commitment, then do it. Yeah. So long story short, is it worth it? Yes. But only if you are going to commit to the relationship in a way that you're supposed to, not just do it just because. Yeah. If you're going to commit to a person and you want to be with them for a long time, what's the purpose of shacking up? Because at the end of the day, your money is their money. Their money is your money. Your children are their children. There is no, well, that's your cow. No, no, it's all the same. Whether it's a a blended family or not, Mm -hmm. when you are married, you're all one. So my answer to that is, yes, it's worth it. As long as you have found that person that you that can make you want to commit to them for the rest of your life. If you just want to go through their phase, no, don't do it. Yeah. If you're willing to put in the time to fight through the issues that might come about, go for it. But the first time you have a fight and you say, that's, no, no, it's, it's not worth it. But if you're willing to commit to it, yes, it is worth it. So yes, long story short, it's, it's very worth it. All right, we got our answer. It's worth it. I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for listening. Uh, Don't forget to check out our social media. We are on Twitter as at MarriageWorthIt. And we're also on Instagram at MarriageWorthIt. You can also email us at at, um, ismarriageworthit at gmail.com.